0: Welcome back to the Perth Business Podcast. If you're a returning visitor, hello again. And if you're new, welcome. I'm Taryn, your host, and I speak to the innovators, creatives, and thought leaders in Perth in order to help you build your business better. Whether you're starting something new or you're trying to get through a challenge or grow, someone's definitely been there and done it before. So grab your cup of coffee, settle in, and let's get started. for joining me today on this lovely summer's spring day for a Kolsch in the studio. I'm so excited to chat to you. You're welcome. Me
1: too. Thank you, Taryn.
0: It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I would like to get straight into the nitty gritty sure. of who you are. Are okay. you are you a Perth guy?
1: For the last 38 years, the answer is yes. Yeah, I came over in 1985 as mm-hmm. a 19 year old. Um, I was uh, basically to join the, um, the SAS
2: in, in right. Slavon.
1: Wow! So I came over to do the selection course in 1985 um, and the only reason I did that was because a few mates of mine that were in the Army Reserve in Sydney with me had um, about a year earlier had started talking up this whole notion of going west and I didn't know what they were talking about but I I wanted to know why they hadn't told me and included me in the story. Right? Turns out they they wanted to try out for the SAS selection course and, and so I thought I'll do that too. So I gave my job away. I trained up very hard for about eight or nine months. Yep. And uh, by the time it came to get on the plane to come to Perth, it was 17 degrees and rainy in Sydney in March of 85. I go to get on the plane and none of the three guys joined me. Uh-oh. So they were just talking it up. Right. Great. So I got on the plane with a bunch of other guys and that I didn't, didn't know and we, we flew to Perth. I landed in Pierce Air Base. Uh, it was 39 degrees. And Gosh. then they trucked us out to Northam. It was 41 degrees.
0: Welcome to WA. Welcome to WA. <laughs> I thought, where the hell am
1: I? And then they put us through what, what ended up being one of the toughest PT sessions we did for the whole four weeks mm-hmm. in the old Army gym at the, the old um, Northern um, Army camp. Holy smokes. And uh, gave me an absolute flogging. Yep. And there was 139 other guys on that program that all looked or on that selection course that looked fitter and stronger than me. <laughs> and by the end, they selected 12. Were you part of the? Luckily, I was. I was. Uh, I was one of the twelve, and um, then they bust us into Perth from Northern, and I thought, send me back to Sydney. Like, what? The, where am I? You know, through Midland at the time, every second bar was a skimpy bar, and yeah, you know, it wasn't very, um, very salubrious. And then we get sort of round we turn onto onto Riverside Drive there, and look at the water, and I went, hello, <laughs> okay, oh, this is rather pretty, yeah, because I thought Perth was like Kalgoorlie, yeah, right. I thought it had things going up and down in the street, like you know and stuff I had no idea <laughs> and then of course they drove us through Claremont over the hill at Alford Road and there's the barracks on the beach mm-hmm. there's Rotnest, and I thought this is not too bad mm. how many barracks are, are actually on a beach yeah and it was a nudist beach
0: oh oh wow. bonus now, yep
1: I swan, swan one I mean who knew I was 19 <laughs> years old and I thought I actually I, I might stay yeah. <laughs> yeah and so I've been here ever since
0: that's incredible. What a story. Yeah. I actually love that. The nudist beach that kept you in Perth. I love it. Yeah. That was, uh,
1: and, and yeah, we were doing a PT session one morning, not long thereafter, and um, someone stopped us to take a photograph of us and said, can we take a photograph of you strapping young lads? And, and we said, what for? And he said, for Nude Volleyball Monthly. Oh,
0: stop. Did you uh. have to stay closed or <laughs> did they
1: want so you to? We, we did politely decline <laughs> the offer to be to be on the cover. Damn. For Nude Volleyball Monthly. but um,
0: Missed opportunity. Yeah, well. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> I love that. No. That's awesome. Um, so I guess t- well, your family wasn't here, were they?
1: No, no, no. I, no, I was the only one. Okay. And, um, long way from home. Yeah. And then, yeah, for that that whole year, um, there was a series of courses that you had to pass. And at the end of that year, you were finally deployed to a to a squadron, and then you you were effectively a permanent member. Right. Any fail of any of those programs on the way there, and you could have been returned to your original.
0: Damn, that's so, hard. So it was a
1: course by course by course, month by month proposition.
0: Yeah,
1: but of course I fell in love with Western Australia. Right. I mean, what a beautiful place. And of course now I'm West Australian through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, Mad Eagle supporter.
0: Oh um, yeah. Love yeah. the
1: scorchers. Yeah. yeah. So couldn't imagine living anywhere else.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a beautiful summary. Mm. Take that yeah. snippet and put it on tourism billboard or something. Exactly. <laughs> um. Oh, that's wicked. So I feel like that's a. It's quite a challenging. Start to, that's pre-career time, isn't it? Yeah, wait. Yeah.
1: I didn't honestly. I had no idea what I was what I was doing, and, yeah. and ended up here, and and then ended up hopping out about five years later, right? And going back to uni, and then um, started a business, and then somehow in the middle of the nineties, ended up in the Philippines in mining and timber. Right. That's another story. Okay. Um, where I where one of the investors in the company in the, the Philippines was Randy Jackson of the Jackson Five.
0: We've got time for this story. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we yeah, do. Yeah. So,
1: Randy and his business manager Alex were in town, um, 1996, I think. Yeah. In Manila, and they were looking to looking for investments in the uh, yeah gold, you can say. Mm-hmm. And um, we were traveling around in in the, the cab with Randy and mm-hmm. booking flights on Randy's Black Amex card and asking him questions about Michael.
0: Oh wow, yeah, just like sliding and them yeah, in, yeah,
1: and get and, and visiting. You had some friends visiting from Disney on Ice at the time, and so we were out on the town with them with the girls from Disney on Ice. It was quite a, quite the time.
0: Yeah, geez, yeah, quite the
1: time. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. awesome. So that,
1: that that lasted a couple of years. Ended yep. up back here in Perth. Um, got a job with um, with Caltex as the Learning and Development Executive mm-hmm. for WA. Yep. Did that for a couple of years. They outsourced that department to me at the end of '99, um, and I had a hundred little franchisees to look after and provide all their training so that they knew how to come into the network, yeah, buy a business, and then operate it successfully. And yeah. so, all of a sudden, I was in a corporate, then out of a corporate, amazing, and then running my own little consulting business, and um, uh, then I got approached by a guy who I'd known in the Philippines who would become a business coach,
0: right. Okay. So this is the loop. So now yep. we're getting to the, Full circle. the mm. pointy end, right?
1: So he said to me, oh, can we catch up? I said, sure. He said, um, what is it you're doing now? He said, oh, I'm a business coach. I said, what's that?
0: Yeah. What does that mean? 20
1: years ago, it was nothing. There was, yeah. no, there was none. You're a management consultant. Right. And small businesses weren't being well served. And he, I said, look, tell me what you do. And he explained what he did. And I hired him on the spot. I said, Dave, I need to know what you know. You need to coach me.
0: Incredible. And he said, I
1: know I do. And so we ended up um, I ended up being coached by him and within 12 months I doubled the size of my my business. And yeah. I said, I want to use all this IP with my clients. And he said, you can't. I said, why not? He said, it's ours. You have to be licensed through his coaching firm. Right. So I went down the road of being trained up by his firm, Okay. doing formal training programs because there was nothing around for teaching you how to be a business coach. Yeah. And um, I would introduce clients to him. He would coach them. I would watch and we'd split the fee. Right. So I learned at his knee, plus I was doing the formal training. And within a couple of years, by 2003, I was doing more of the coaching. He was sitting back and watching.
0: Oh, awesome. Love that. And then
1: in mid 2003, I knew I wanted to be a business coach and not do what I was doing. So yeah. I ran Caltex and said, look, can I sell this contract? They said, no, we'll have it back in house. I <gasps> said, okay. So I let my, my staff go. Um, and in mid 2003, I went business coaching. I put on my first coaching client on my own 20 years ago. Almost to the month.
0: I was going to say, yeah, yeah. and the um, and
1: then build a client base one after the other from there, and, and never look back. Best thing ever. Um, suits me to a T. Uh, and then three years after that, I we left that um, firm that we we'd started the coaching with, and we'd we formed Acuity mm-hmm. um, in two thousand and six, September. Yep.
2: That's pretty myself soon and after. one of the other
1: coaches. Yeah, so we yeah they just they'd changed their direction and business model. This other crowd, and they don't really exist anymore. And yep. um, we wanted to stay working with the small to mediums. Yep. We loved their business model um, and we loved – it was a lifestyle model. You worked sort of three days a week and yeah, had a great time helping business Oh, owners. amazing. So, so I love that. I, I still love it. Um, Acuity's been going now. What's that coming up? 17 years, yep, in September. Wow,
2: congrats. And we got four directors,
1: thank you, in, in the business and we all look after our own clients. Yeah. It's just – it's been the best – thing ever yeah. uh, until then I was bouncing around sort of from thing to thing you know and then I've been doing this for ages now so
0: it's who you are now and I'll
1: be doing it till uh, I fall asleep in the meeting and they go "Rob, you're 92
0: can you get, please you yeah. fell
1: asleep you dribbled <laughs> get and out yeah, of yeah. <laughs> like yeah thanks very much
0: so. that's a really good snippet thank you for summarizing yeah, no, that welcome. so succinctly that's really great um I feel like there are a lot of things we can unpick in there or unpack mm. I should say rather yeah. um in the transition from the army to Business. Yeah. Was there anything significantly challenging or something that you learned? I want to touch on mentors next. Yeah. Did you? Because it sounds like you naturally sort of had an affinity for recognizing something. Um, I'm not going to say talent. More like, uh, like a like a potential learning opportunity, mm. and then approaching that person with a goal and intention to work with them. Or he approached you in this case, I suppose. Yep. How would you go about um, sort of connecting your? Uh, want to learn from a mentor from the army to business, or was it completely like a new thing?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, I, th- I the way I describe my military experience was my sporting life. Other kids right. were playing footy, playing cricket, playing basketball at a high level. I got to be in the SAS, so that was um, unusual and um, and unique in many respects. And I, uh, lucky, I got out. I didn't hurt myself. I was I was still in um, in good condition. Um, but I knew it, it whilst it was. Um, physically stimulating it wasn't mentally stimulating, so I right. needed that mental stimulation, and so I went back to university, and um, and it was there that I really sort of reconnected with uh, learning and educating my mind rather than training my body to be really, really in peak um, yeah. shape to do specific things. So, um, not a lot of you know uh, transfer from the military to the to, s- to civilian life in, in you know there's sure yeah. the discipline you know the um the focus and, and all of that stuff and the belief that you could operate at a high level but otherwise you don't like there's not much use in civilian life for killing mm. people right so mm. it's not mm. it's not something you can transfer yeah that defense right? mechanism yeah. that they create yeah, in your brain yeah, not necessary doesn't, doesn't really unless you're on Perth roads well. maybe necessary <laughs> yeah <but> yeah <laughs> I, yeah that reflex thing's still there <laughs> Um,
0: And you would have been twenty four, right? I was only twenty
1: four, yeah. So like, it's crazy. I've got a son that's that old just about now. um, Wow! And very, very different, very, very different time, very different um, opportunity. So, what was interesting was working with my coach. One of the first things we work on worked on was my purpose. Right. Prior to that, I couldn't have found my purpose with two hands and a flashlight, right? Yeah, yeah. And working with the coach to get clear on what it was about me that that rang my bell that. you know, that um, got my energy vibrating at the right level. Mm-hmm. And when I when I found out what it was, it's been the same ever since and I've known it as my, you know, um, my um, anchor for, yeah. for the last 20-plus years. Wow. Right? And funnily enough, it was about realising potential. Right. So my my purpose is realising potential for myself and for others. Right. right. So I love working with businesses that want to realise their potential and people – and if they don't, if they just want me there for a good conversation and just, you know, uh, and they pay me to turn up every month and, and we're just not progressing, I just go, well, what do you want to, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? It's not mm-hmm. good for me, not good for you. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get someplace and if you want to realise your potential, potential of your business, yeah. I want to help you to do it. I love it. I, after, you know, years later, I get to warm my hands on the fire of, um, of their success.
2: Yeah. I right? oh, that's beautiful. And I have
1: to keep challenging myself around my potential. So I can't just sit back and go, oh, you need to realise your potential. I don't have to realise mine. Yeah. So I'm constantly challenging myself to go the next level and do things that that um, show me that I've still got a little further yeah. to develop, right? And so if I'm not a little bit scared about what I'm about to do, it means I haven't quite hit the, the limit, you know? Yeah. And um, so I went to Harvard Business School in 2014. I thought I'll go and give that a crack and, and – you know, see what that shows me. And um, then I, I wrote a book. I was flying back and forth to Singapore every month for two days a month and on the flight. So I thought I might as well use the time when I wrote my first book. Mm-hmm. Wow. Business book, right? I just used the five hours each way. I thought I might as well capture the IP, write this book, and we've yeah. been using it as one of our books in the business for oh, incredible. 10 years. And and then then I wrote another book and I launched it at the U- Ubud International Writers Festival in 2019. Right? Oh, and wow. And so – um, that was great, you know, to have a, a full room with people queuing up to buy the book at the the Writers Festival bookstore. You know, <coughs> all these little things that, um, that are a, a stretch. Yeah. And you can you can hear yourself asking yourself, mm-hmm. well, what right do I have to do any of yeah. that? Yeah. Right?
0: Who am I? Yeah.
1: And so, I can't ask my clients to realise their potential if I'm not prepared to, to realise mine.
0: That's so wonderful. I, and I put. hope I
1: didn't peak at twenty four, right?
0: Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like you did. Right, so same. that's yeah. Physically maybe, um, I feel like everyone's downhill after twenty-five, but it's a good thing to learn that discipline physically and then mentally to challenge yourself and recognize the potential. Enormously yeah, to use your words. Able. Yeah, to do that. So yeah. um wonderfully put, I think. And uh, if if anyone was kind of stuck in a stage of whether they're twenty four or fifty four or however old, um, stuck in that stage of trying to find their purpose. Would your number one advice be to go find a mentor or a coach? What What do you think?
1: It's very hard for you to do it for yourself. It's not mm. impossible. Um, one of the guys I met at Harvard in 2014, Paul Donkers from Holland, um, four, four or five years later developed a little tool called the Ikigai card game. Ah. Excuse me. Ikigai is, um, you know, the Japanese yeah. uh, version, the Okinawan version of, um, of, you know, Life's Purpose. And uh, – he got fascinated by that whole Ikigai story, and, and then developed this awesome little card game, um, which is not a game as such. It's a, it's a like a it's like a questions cards, right, to help yeah. you to uncover your own Ikigai, your own purpose. Wow,
0: is that still so, for sale? please? absolutely, yeah. Amazing.
1: And and he's now coaching Ikigai coaches around the world. They're, they're they're joining his network slowly but slowly, continent by continent, and um, you know, w- helping particularly young people, but not not exclusively, people discover. You know their their own um, their own individual purpose. So it's a nice process. It's a nice question set. You know you're fundamentally you know uh, questioning yourself around what am I good at, what do I love, and what does the world need? Yeah. Right. And um, you know in there somewhere there, there may be a, uh, also a commercial model. Like can I can I can my purpose sustain me? Yeah. But the first step is find out what um, what floats your boat.
0: Yeah. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's brilliant.
1: So that was so Paul's product's great. You can you can uh, you can find him through ikigai coaching institute um, in fact we can put some links up on your sure. site if you like and yep. so people can uh, can get access i think that you know you can you can access an ikigai coach and through that they've now software or gamified the process so you yep. can actually go online and do this with your with your coach online oh cool and um, through the ikigai coaching institute and uh, yeah get clarity
0: that's incredible beautiful thing i think it's great especially to lean back on those like uh, what do you call them like the cornerstone teachings of what, you, like, what you're like, you trying to discover about what you want to do in your career. Because everyone starts, you know, possibly in school or if you've got a family member who's got their own business, you start your learning at different stages. It's different for everyone. But when you're trying to find your purpose and whether that changes once you think you'd already found it and you're like, hang on, I'm actually no longer getting something out of this. It's so hard to like look back in on yourself and be like, how do I train myself to like what I do? And Am I just, am I deficient in something like motivation or depends where you're looking for that motivation and for that, for that purpose. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I love, I love the cards. I think that's a really, I'm going to go
2: do that. <laughs> like it's, mental Honestly, noting. it's
1: <laughs> a, it's a really great way of first step, having a look at it and go, okay, now that's my passion. I'm clear about that. Now my purpose maker guy. Now, you know, what lines up with that? Now, mm. let me be clear about something. First and foremost, right? Firstly, I think today, if I look at the generational differences, there's too much choice today.
0: I was about to ask you. There's
1: too much yeah. choice. If you go back, there were far less jobs, far less um, pathways, and so therefore you went, I just do this, I do this. What do my parents do? I'm yes. doing that, you know. Uh, it th- there, there was less. There's so many different roles being created now. And the other thing is the the um, social media sort of Instagram-y, TikTok-y world of I've got to be an awesome immediate overnight success at 25, I mean, it's to me, it's the very, very rare exceptions. And if we're all comparing ourselves to that, you know, highly unrealistic, idealised sort of um, life, Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, comparison's the thief of joy, right? Compare yourself to yourself. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But that's just not realistic. It's the Hail Mary one-off, right? I think um, on the way to finding out what you're all about, you need to go down a few roads, yeah, right? And one of the ways to, to find out if you're on the right path for you is to start off down a road. When I went to the Philippines, I was completely on the wrong road, <laughs> there for the wrong reason, and it felt like I was driving down the freeway at 100 kilometres an hour on the wrong side of the road with every sign saying, wrong way, go back, wrong way, go right. back. So sometimes in order to find out where you're supposed to be, you need to engage your internal guidance system, and you do that by going, I'm going to give this a try, mm-hmm. and then you go no, 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 that's not yeah, for that's me. That's not for me. And then yeah. you swing around, and the difference between swinging around it's like paddling upstream versus coasting downstream. Yeah. When you're on the right path for you, how it feels to you is that it's downstream, everything's turning out beautifully. I'm paddling effortlessly. Yeah. And every every signpost is saying, "Good on you, keep going. Good on you, yeah. keep going." Yeah, yeah. Right? So it, it's yeah, it's not as neat as in a, in a subtle as that, and it's perfectly okay. And when I was at uni, I studied um, recreation and leisure science. And one of the things they taught us was there are opposition patterns and extension patterns. Mm -hmm. An opposition pattern is I do something different for my leisure than I do for my work. Work is a means to providing me the opportunity to go play sport, go to Mm -hmm. play cards, go and play whatever.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And some people have an extension pattern where what they love for work, they do for in their personal life. Mm -hmm. They do after work, right? So they just flow. One thing flows into the other. So it's perfectly okay to be doing a job of being excellent at it. The better at something you are, the more you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. If you're no good at it, it's funny how much you don't really <laughs>
2: you like don't it, it. We don't
1: like things that we're no good at. Yeah. And the better we get at it, um, you know, the more we seem to sort of like it, the more validation we get, the more pats on the back we get. And therefore, you know, we go, oh, actually, I'm pretty good at this.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do and it more. it
1: may not be your ringing your bell passion. But yeah. if you were to find your passion and purpose it, Thirty-five, forty. Yeah, it's never too late, right? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I was thirty-seven when I found business coaching, and I went, "Oh, you are kidding me!"
0: Yeah, this is it. <laughs> you
1: are kidding me. <laughs> thirty-seven, like I, and I just stumbled and bumbled around a bunch of different things before that.
2: Yeah.
1: And and so I say to my kids, you know, don't don't put pressure on yourself. Like you will find it if you if you're looking. If you're sitting still at home trying to find it, it ain't gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So you got to get out and try a few things. You know, not that, not that, not that. Ah. Yep. Oh, Maybe oh, this. This looks all right. Yeah. I actually don't mind this. Yeah. And then, you know, if you explore why you like it, you you might get to the source of why, you know, your purpose sort of connects with what you're doing.
0: Yeah. You know? So in that, you must come across a lot of business owners who face challenges in a, like a myriad of <laughs> instances. What are the key challenges that you think, or maybe let's talk about the nature of challenges and getting through them first before... Case studies, we can come up with a million. I'm sure you've got 110,000 in the back of your mind Mm. there. The nature of getting through a challenge as a business owner, whether it's growing your business, changing the path of your business, maybe having a successful business and being like, how do I step out of this? I don't want to do this anymore. I now want to have a family and do that, like throw 100% into that instead or a different business altogether. Can you speak to a little bit, um, speak a little bit to the nature of challenges that you face from business owners and how you help them get through those yep. different challenges. Sure.
1: So I think one of the roles that the coach plays, um, particularly if the business owner is pretty savvy, you know, we were with a range of from unsophisticated to sophisticated business mm-hmm. owners. Right? Um, if they are, uh, you know, pretty savvy and they're still a bit lost or a bit confused or struggling a bit, um, the, the greatest challenge they face is being stressed. Right, So stress is one of the the things that um, inhibits their ability to think and make good decisions. So one of the roles we play as a coach is to help people get out of their own way.
0: Ah, what a concept.
1: Right, because they're standing in the way of themselves, being successful, fully realising the potential of the business. You know, it's either something they don't understand, it's something that they believe that's unhelpful, Um, it's stress causing them to behave in a way that's unhelpful and people are going, why is that person so angry?
2: Mm. Why are they
1: shouting all the time? Like, I don't want to be here. And so you start losing key people. You don't realise as the business owner that you're really that stressed. You start making poor decisions. So it's not – sometimes there's structural challenges. Sometimes there's um. we just can't borrow any more to grow challenge. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we overcome that one? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find mostly – Rather than being commercial challenges, they're they're often personal ones. Mm-hmm. So they need to get over themselves, or get around themselves, or mm. through themselves. And so we help them to see that and to look at the world in a in a different way. And to and we sit alongside them, particularly if they've got a um, a lower risk profile, and go, Well, what would what would it look like if you did do this or that? And if there were no barriers to, to um, you doing that or if there was no possibility of failure, what would you do? And we help them through a great series of questions to unfold, unlock what's actually stopping them. And mostly I find it's um, it's their view, their belief, their perspective on the world that's probably stopping them from overcoming a challenge. Yeah,
2: right. And we
1: say it doesn't help us to believe what our clients believe Yeah, because they're already believing that and it's getting them to where they are right now today. They've called us in for a reason. Yeah. So it doesn't help us to believe that. So sometimes I'll just disagree with them for the sake of disagreeing. Seeing so what happens. I might yeah. not even know if that's a possibility or not, but I'll mm-hmm. go, Oh yeah. Um, it's probably not that, it's probably something else. They go, What do you mean? I go, Well it's, it's probably not that thing. Yeah. You know? So
2: Let's consider yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah. Simply, yeah, what do you, oh,
1: well, and sometimes I, don't, I said I say to them, I don't mind being wrong. If they stand up in the in the session and shout at me and go, You're a hundred percent wrong, I go, Cool. So it's now not that. Yeah. So what is it then? Yeah. And it's amazing what pops out of their mouth.
0: Yeah, that's funny when you get people talking what they eventually oh, start saying, then amazing. they work it out. It's like psychology, you work it out. Very it's in much there. So. It's in there. You just need someone to help you unlock it.
1: Yeah, and then get the other stuff out of the way. But look, stress is the big one. When we get stressed, we get very binary. We get sort of it's either gonna work or we're gonna fail. Yeah. When when you reduce and remove the stress from the conversation, there's ten options. They just couldn't see them. Yeah. We're all like that. Yes. You know? yes. Stress sort of narrows our focus. Yeah. Right? Um, And it reduces our ability to to think. Yeah. And um, we lose that executive uh, function, the the ability to reason, and we become very primal in our choices. It becomes about survival. And, you know, when I sit back, I'm not attached to what's going on in the business. I look at it and go, really?
0: Yeah, that's it. That's all?
1: Yeah. Seriously. So first I deal with the stress, help them them, um, dissipate the stress, and then we have a conversation. You know, I often ask them, how have I found you today? And they go, what do you mean? scale of 1 to 10, how stressed are you? And yeah. they go, oh, 8. And I go, well, I'll, I'll take that as a 9.
2: Yeah.
1: How about we deal with the stress bit first before yeah. we have a conversation? What about that? Yeah. And they go, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I do, some, do some little practices to, to um, get rid of the cortisol and the, the adrenaline and then their mind calms down and then they just look at me and go, I was completely out of my mind for a <laughs> Wasn't I? And I thought,
2: well...
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not going to say look, it. Well, sort of <laughs> looked a little bit little bit peaky to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling now? They go, ah, oh, totally different. I go, cool. So you ready to have a chat now? They go, yeah. I go, awesome. Um, I let, now tell me what do you want to talk about today? And off we go.
0: That's incredible. Mm. So you would also, I suppose, face people, you mentioned something before about not wanting to start until you know you're good at it mm. um, and that would be really relevant in any practice, you know, product service that you're trying to sell as a business owner. I don't want to release it until it's perfect. Mm. What about in the sense of business coaching? Mm. Um, I think it would apply to people starting therapy. It apply to people starting anything, you know, like even if it's a sport or, you know, being a parent, Just starting that idea of like, oh, I, d- I don't think I'm ready yet. Um, I want to be ready, then I'll start it. Do you come across people who have or approach you for business coaching and they go, uh, I don't know if I need a business coach right now. I suppose I wouldn't be approaching you then. But at what point, I guess, then I'll yeah. pivot my question. At what point do people approach you for business coaching? Like, are they at the pits of the pits? Are they at the top of their game? And they're like, let's elevate it. Where are they usually at?
1: So there's there's five types of clients we typically um, get referred to yeah. or refer to us. One that wants to grow and doesn't know how. So they go, I've got going, mm-hmm. but I'm just not growing. Mm. How do I do that? The second is one that has grown and now they're experiencing a few issues. Now they've got staff hanging around all over the place and, you know, um, they, they've, they're, 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 most of our clients are expert around their product but they've never been trained in how to run and grow a business. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, so they're, um, uh, that, yeah, they're, they're experiencing a few issues now. The third type is one where they've been running the business for 20 or more years mm-hmm. and they run out of energy. Run out of ideas. Think the technology is getting past them. Don't know what to do next. Thinking about selling. Yeah. The fourth type is one where they're working seventy to eighty hours a week, mm-hmm. and they just want their life back. Right. And I've had some amazing referrals. That I've I've had a referral from wives of business owners, where the wife says to another wife, um, "You know, my I got my husband back. Oh, I got my husband back." And and the other girl goes, <gasps> "Right." Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling. I'm calling Rob. And yeah, so I'll, I'll get a call or a text message from someone I don't know. Who say, "You don't know me. My name's so and so, but I'm friends with so and so's wife, and you did. He helped their business, and la la la. I need this, and so yeah. the wife does the selling, uh, and tells the husband to yeah. come and see me. Yeah. Right. Do you
0: work primarily with men then?
1: I would say predominantly only because I think the, you know, the the, the risk profile in general terms you find. Um, Guys gravitating toward wanting to run their own business mm-hmm.
2: more than mm-hmm.
1: girls do, and yep. that's a generalization, but I think it's true. And it comes down to confidence. Yeah, you know that you've heard of the this, this imposter syndrome thing, right? Yes. Uh, the, the, the funny thing about that is, is that you know a, a guy will stick his hand up for a job um, if he has two of the eight criteria.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes.
1: A girl will look at it and have six of the eight criteria and go, "I oh, know I can't i because I don't have yeah. two. Yeah. And so I put that down to. Fundamentally, um, testosterone, uh, the confidence hormone. Right, mm. the guys, mm. high risk profile, ready to have a crack at it, What's the worst that can happen? Mm. Stick my hand up, have a go. And I find that uh, a lot of confident, capable women could be doing that, but go, I don't meet the criteria. Mm. So yeah. that it, it, that in, in of itself is interesting. And the the final type we get is one. It's a very successful business, and the partners and directors just need someone else outside their partnership group to talk to because they're just talking to themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they have no way of breaking the deadlock. They have no way of thinking through it in a more helpful way. They don't have the alignment they would like. And so we go in there and just sort that out. Okay. What's the majority of your base then? The majority would be um, uh, they have grown and they're experiencing a few issues. Like a lot of the referrals we got through COVID weren't businesses in trouble and we rarely get distressed businesses. Um, We get businesses that go, we're going awesome. Yeah. But I don't know how to run a bigger business. Like, yeah, right. Like I just, I know my thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just got away from me now. You know, I was, I, I might have been, you know, $2 million turnover you know, three years ago and now I'm 20.
2: Mm-hmm. And I go,
1: I'm just winging it. I've got yeah, no help. idea what I'm doing. Help. help. Yeah. You know, if I'm making the right call, is it the right decision? I don't know. I'm good at what I do.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know about the rest of it. And I uh, don't understand structure. don't understand strategy. Yeah. don't understand... Um, you know, a range of things. Capacity, don't understand the sales bit, really don't understand like HR. yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I've got a gap. Yep. I, I do you know, coach the individual
0: and the business as a whole? Or? So, yeah,
1: so we start with the business owners and uh, I, just to, to be quite clear, I don't do government mm-hmm. and I don't do corporates. I prefer to work with people who are taking risk. Yeah. So we coach the business owners and we help them to reduce the risk around the business and, get mm-hmm. and give them the outcome they want. They go, I want to be here and I go, cool. Uh, let's see how we can get you there. mm mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, specifically working with the business owners first, and then we tear down into the business. Because mm-hmm. once we get them clear and they understand what we understand, and we try and transfer our knowledge to them as much as possible, so they're not dependent on us. Yeah, we then got to go and share the information with the team to bring them on the journey. Totally, yeah. And then they go, oh, and that we makes get sense. it. Oh, yeah. now I get it. And the team drives the business, right? So we, mm-hmm. we, we have, but we have to start with the ownership first. Mm-hmm. And once they're clear. Uh, and, and, and know not to misbehave, mm-hmm. we then go and share it with the rest of the, <laughs> of the team. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Mm. Okay, so people taking a little bit more risk, people looking to grow, needing a hand, needing some yeah. help. Yeah. Um, do you have any examples of people that you, well, first I'll ask, what's the success rate on average?
1: Well, we say, look, uh, probably a good way to answer that is we have clients that stay on for an average of three years. Yeah. They either, they either stay on for three years, they come off within three months. The right. ones that come off within three months weren't ready to start. Right. They thought they were. Right. They weren't ready to make the changes that were necessary. Um, or they weren't ready to pay the fee. Right. And mm-hmm. thought, oh my gosh, I wanted to say yes, but now I really can't. Yeah. And I say to them, don't start until you're ready. Yeah. We're not chasing new clients, we've got plenty of clients.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but there's always room for one more good one. Yeah. And don't start until you're ready. I don't care if that's one year from now, five years from now. I'm still doing what I will be, what I'm doing, you know. And I've got the spot available, and you you're ready. Yeah. I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I'll be here.
1: Yeah, awesome. But but don't start. Other clients on um, for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So Jeez, wow. I've had clients that started as a um, very small business, a few partners and maybe one or two staff that are now multinational businesses. So yeah, wow. You know, I get a phone call saying, Rob, can you come to Amsterdam and do a three-day strategic review? I'd say, sure. <laughs> Why my not? Last, my last uh, pr- job before COVID lockdown was we were supposed to go to Singapore to do some work, Yeah, um, an Australian-Singapore joint venture in the hospitality space, and um, COVID shut Singapore. and They said, look, I'm sorry about that, Rob would you mind coming to Paris for the week?
2: Oh,
1: gosh. And I said, um, sure, oh oh, if I have yeah. to, I'll, uh, I'll just make some room and, and had an awesome week in Paris. And then, and then of course, COVID locked down pretty much a few days after I got wow. back. Wow. Um, so these businesses start as small and as they grow um, successfully, then they take you on the ride with them. And, yeah, um, yeah they've taken me everywhere. It's quite the most amazing thing.
0: Yeah, so how personal does it get? Because we've spoken now about how you start with the business owner, the individual, you change their mindset or help them, you know, achieve whatever their goal was. Um, that's pretty personal to get into someone's Very mind. Very personal, yeah. Um, I assume you've seen tears. I bet it that's, gets that personal. I get referred yeah.
1: around by particularly my female client saying it's okay to cry in front of Rob. Oh. Isn't <laughs> that beautiful? And and yeah. so um, um, it, it does. It's your When you... <laughs> The business isn't going well. You know there's a family behind the business. Yeah, right? You can bet the family's not going great if the business isn't performing. So we know we're there to sort the business out, but really behind the business is a family. and it's a key relationship there that mm-hmm. will go better if the business is going better. Yeah, And if the business isn't going better, then the family's impacted. Yeah. So we have that very personal connection. My clients typically become my friends. So my social network are past and alum, yeah. alumni clients, we call oh. them. And like for example, in next month I'm off to Europe uh, again. and going cycling with one of my clients who become right. a, a mate, right? Amazing. So we're doing the French Alps, um,
0: amazing uh, in
1: June. And um, he's he sta- I started with him. He was three three directors and five staff, and, and they just sold last year to a, um, a Swedish company, and um, you know they they hit I think three hundred and fifty million dollars of turnover. Wow. And um, and yeah, we we just started cycling out of the social activity, and and um, and so we're off again to to have another go. So That's incredible, yeah. So my yeah my clients typically um, become my friends. We get to know each other, and of course, yeah. you know, get to know the kids and the family. And, yeah. And um, and why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, it's a vulnerable thing to ask for help in any Very instance so, for yeah. anyone of any age. Absolutely. And when it's your baby, it's your business. It's yeah, it's and like having done s- it
1: myself. Having you know, it's great for me having been a client of a coach because yeah. I have sat there and gone, help. I need yeah. I need you. I need what you do. I yeah. don't I don't I need to know what you know. Yeah. And um so I've been there, I've paid the fee, mm. I've got the benefit, mm-hmm. and now and now funnily enough, um, I've just completed a pilot program um where I'm coaching coaches.
0: Right. All oh, right. Gordon. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it's called
1: the business coaching playbook and um um a young fellow I know who's sort of mid-30s said, look, um, I've been trained up in my company as a coach and I really love the coaching thing more than I love the engineering thing. And, <laughs> and um, can you, can I, how do I get to do what you're doing? Yeah. And I said, you can't, mate.
2: Yeah. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick <of> <laughs> off.
1: And then like three or four, five months later, we catch up again. And I was doing a bit of mentoring for him and just helping out. And he goes, oh, mate, what do you reckon? Can you, you know, like, yeah. And I went thought to myself, you know, you can have a scarcity view of the world, you can have an abundant view of the world. Yeah. I, and I typically run the abundant model. And I said, the world needs more good business coaches. And I said, yeah. okay, I'll build a little program around you. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's good because I've got a mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I found another one. And then we ended up having six on this pilot program. And oh. so it's a 12-day program. We ran it two days a fortnight. Mm-hmm. It just finished Saturday before last. Um, went really, really well. Wow. And, um, and so I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, so second half of the year I'm going to run a, run another program and, um, um, you know, go and, you know, I can help people one-on-one, like mm-hmm. me with a client, me with a client. But if I can train them up and they can go and help people. Yeah. Awesome. That's more, amazing. Or potential
0: realise. Level up. Yeah, no, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask what you think the future of business coaching is. So it sounds like you've got the future of what your business coaching is, which is to coach future coaches mm. into coaching. Um, And now that you've mentioned as well, there's so many different options and avenues for people to start businesses. Technology is evolving. Opportunities are just popping up everywhere. Uh, The younger generation is kind of realising, I don't have to do it if I don't want to do it. So I'm going to work at this business if I like it. And I'm going to start my own if I want to do that. They have so much more freedom right now. What's the future of business coaching then? Do you think people will need them? Do you think the resources will be primarily online? Like how's it going to look if it's not that one-on-one person, or do you think it will still be that one-on-one relationship? Do you think that's necessary to be coached yeah. well? Okay,
1: so you remember the first question, and I'll answer the uh, the other bit first. of First of <laughs> all, first of all, the most the most um, um, impactful and meaningful personal development journey you can go on is to start your own business.
2: Okay, it
1: tests you on every single. Yep. There's nothing that get missed, gets missed. Yeah, at a thinking level, at an emotional level, at a spiritual level, at a physical level, at a financial level, um, people think, "Oh, I'll just start a business." I go, "Are you sure?"
0: Yeah, hang on a second. Are you sure?
1: It's a it's a big deal. It's not you know like, uh, it's not as easy as you think, and it's going to test you, going to question you every single day. You look in the mirror, you're going to ask yourself, "Should I be doing this? You know, Can I do this?" It's a, so it's a huge personal development exercise. Mm-hmm. The future of, I like, um, there's an author and, a, and a, um, uh, a very clear philosophical thinker called uh, Yuval Noah Harari. I don't mm-hmm. know whether you've heard of Yuval yes. Noah Harari. Yeah. Right. So Homo Deus is one of his books, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Genius thinker, you know. And he, his view is, is that um, in a world in the future with, where technology, really, AI and others, robotics takes over automations in place mm-hmm. where we don't really need to work probably going to need psychologists, right? Mm-hmm. Right, people that can talk to us around our thinking because one thing we're not very good at is dealing with our thoughts.
2: Yeah,
0: processing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Um, starting a business, right? Um, that human interaction versus the oh, it's just be a digital thing, right? Yeah. Uh, awesome. I think in the in a world of um, everything being inauthentic, i.e., produced by AI mm-hmm. and and not really. Genuine, i.e., produced by humans. Yeah. people are going to be looking for authenticity. They're going to be looking for human connection. Yeah, and uh, they're going to rather talk to a person than talk to a computer.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Because right? they're going to go, well, is the computer really just telling me what I want to hear? I mean,
0: yeah, for those questions like, am I being on? crazy? Um, am I overreacting? Yeah, yeah. Why and, am I so and, stressed? And then you've
1: got yeah. to ask yourself, has that, has that computer ever done it before? Has it been where I've been? Mm. And the answer is no. No. So how does it know? Yeah. It's just telling me what it thinks it needs to tell me. Yeah, it's spitting out the So oven. the wisdom and experience piece is important. And I think, um, you know, we've all done Zoom. Mm-hmm. I can promise you being in the studio with you is better than doing it with you
2: online. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It works and it's great and COVID showed us that we can do it. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but uh, there's nothing. There's no – we're in this space and believe it or not, I know it's a bit creepy, but – we're sharing pheromones yep. right we're yeah, picking yeah. up signals we're we're sensing stuff and vibing stuff Energy. that you can't really do mm. um online not as well yeah and uh little things you can't see on a screen
2: yeah
1: right uh, that you can see when you're here yeah things you can hear atmospheric stuff yeah it's honestly people people asked me when covid was locking down oh, do you think we'll it all be different forever i said gosh no <laughs> we've once COVID's gone, we're just going to revert back to our former behaviour, yeah. and we are because we've been evolving over millennia mm-hmm. to need the things we need and to and to um, you know look for the things we we subconsciously look mm. for. That ain't changing. Mm. So the, probably the only thing that's going to hang around, I think, is maybe the hand Sanny, for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and now <laughs> I think that the you know, people are getting on planes like never before. Look oh, at yeah. that. Well, I thought that's it. Flights were dead. Airlines should shut down. We're all going to be zooming. Uh, uh-uh. no. Nah. We're going to get in each other's face. We're going to. Yeah. We're going to need to talk and be there and feel the energy and yeah. communicate. So no, back to the coaching bit. Huge role. Mm-hmm. If you think that the coach has the personal bit and the commercial bit, they should have both. Yes. Um, we're trained mindfulness teachers in acuity. We went down the road of being credited and trained to be mindfulness teachers yeah. to help our clients with stress. Big piece of the puzzle. <laughs> right. It's not just what's the answer, what should I do? Yeah. Google's been around forever. You can Google find yeah. good and doesn't tell it that, and then the Google arg- articles disagree with each other. You'll yeah. have AI disagreeing with each other. Yeah. Like yeah. who knows? Well, someone who's been there done it. We've seen it a million times with different businesses. Yeah. There's going to be that role for the business coach. For sure. Right. And personable in your face. While everyone else is telling you go online, the flip will be nah. Yeah. Um, in person.
0: And there's such a difference between a genuine coach and someone who is um, – I don't want to reference Gary Vee, but I'm going to reference Gary Vee. <laughs> mm. Love him. I think yep. he's great. Um, I do get a sense of it's a matter of what's topical at the time and listening to him is – the ne- it's almost like um, when young, young, young people come into the world and they kind of absorb the first thing they learn about something. And this is like you can get toxic ideas and uh what do they call ideals I suppose yeah. around certain topics and that's where you breed more toxicity because then your friendship group you're like, oh look what I learned, what I found out. This is the way. <laughs> to quote the Mandalorian. This is the way. Yeah. And this is the way we do it and this is the way it is. Um and until you learn a different perspective, your opinion doesn't change unless you have an open mind. Yeah. So I agree with you and think that that whole AI approach and just Google it, it'll tell you what you need to know is you'll see the first answer at the top of the search results page and be like, cool, that must be the answer or this YouTube video is slightly longer and he's speaking to camera, that must be the expert opinion. Hmm. Um, so I wonder if you had a takeaway and we're coming up to the end of the interview. So if you had There's a takeaway... No way we're at the end of the
1: interview, Taryn. It's not possible.
0: Uh, right? We've been here for four minutes Actually,
1: in my head. Where? When's episode <laughs> two?
0: Oh yeah, we'll have a we'll have a take back for sure. We'll have a round two. Um, if you had a takeaway for people who are seeking a genuine, you know, st- stigma of a business coach could be one thing or another for a different person. It depends who what they've heard in the past. If you had a takeaway for someone seeking a genuine help, a genuine direction, where should they start? You can say business coach and maybe justify that, but where should they really start if they're like doubting or questioning things and wanting to improve?
1: Yeah, do you mean as a business owner or as a business a bi- owner? As sorry. a business owner. Yeah. So here's what. Is it different? Here's what. Well, I think it can be, yeah, because yeah. it's the context is different, right? Sports yeah. coach.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about example, business then. Right? Yeah, for sure. To keep it in
1: the business coaching um, realm, mm-hmm. um, you know, people have chosen to express their interest or passion in, in a in a commercial context, in a business context, and they could have done that in a range of a different context: sport, art, politics, sure. science, whatever. But they've chosen business, so it's a business thing um the way that it's it's funny right you know how i get my clients is through referral Mm
2: -hmm.
1: why it's trusted what is google it's not trusted right it's i have a crack it's very cold it's like maybe this person's the right but maybe they're just on the top of the ranking on that first Mm. page and therefore they must be better Mm -hmm. So I get them through referral because there's trust. Um, they're talking to someone at a barbecue and they're asking their friend for advice about business. That's a natural, healthy thing to do. They're doing really well, and so they go and ask their friend. Um, if their friend happens to be coached by me or one of my colleagues, they'll go. I oh, don't ask me, mate. <laughs> Just right. ask Rob. Yeah. Just ask Oscar or Steve. You know, don't, don't ask me. Yeah. Right. I can I can sort of help you but These are the guys you need to talk to. Yeah. So you'll be talking to someone that um, whose business is going well. You'll be reaching out to them because you figure that they must know. And they're good at running their business, but they're not a business coach, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first first port of call. Business coaching is still quite unregulated. Anyone can call themselves a business coach, mm-hmm. all right? So that leads to a little bit of, you know, possible sort of um, um, uncertainty about who and how to choose and find them. Um, I, I, I would you know, We thought about, do we change our name from business coach to business advisor? And I thought, no, you know you know what? Screw that. There's accountants out there that are terrible, Mm. but they still call themselves accountants. There Mm. are terrible lawyers that still call themselves lawyers. Yeah. Business coaching is a category. Like a sports coach, you need a coach. You want to be a high performer. So the best way to find one, I think, is um, through a referral, through someone you know who's running a successful business and um, you ask them for who they use and what help they get. Yeah. If it's in... W-A, you're likely going to be referred to us, right? Yeah,
2: right. All right, so yeah.
1: that's the, the best way. The be- second best way is Google, find your options, meet with them, right, listen to them, um, have them, you know, um, in effect, pitch to you and find out what's going on for you and explain how they would, they would do that. The, the charismatic match is important. So you actually matching with the person and getting a sense that it's not about them, it's about you, that's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. So that first step, so yes, go and pick a few, you have to kiss a few frogs. Yep. Not helpful. Best way is find someone, ask someone who uses a coach. You use a coach? awesome, who you're using, amazing. You recommend them, yes, I do. Uh, why? Blah, blah, yep. blah. And then again, reach out to those people and go and meet with them. Initial first initial meeting should be complimentary just yep. to see whether you're a good match. Chat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if
1: you are and you like if you've got a connection and you think they can add value, get get rolling.
0: Yeah. Epic. Easy. That's a nice little summary. Did you have any final thoughts on for you on a personal, because we talked about business. That's a really great way for someone to get started on looking for the next step. And we will add a little plug on you and the course that you mentioned earlier in the podcast notes as well. Um, any takeaways in general in life um, that you think are important for people to kind of know to stay true to themselves? Because I think a lot of things that we come across on the podcast and people listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. is uh, like a key message on how do I get started? And a lot of the advice is like, just start doing something, find the challenges, navigate your way through that, ask for help. Sure. What's, What's something that as a personal discovery you made, finding passion, let's stay on that sort of trend at 37, what, what was the thing that you recognised as going? Oh, this is for me. I know you talked about going downstream as opposed to upstream. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what is that feeling like?
1: Yeah, good question. So the way I describe it for my clients, and we work on purpose a lot. It's one of the things we do: purpose for them, purpose for the business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of the things that that I say to them: it's it's a little bit like when you're when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, let's be clear: purpose and vision are different things. Mm-hmm. So purpose is um, really around uh, what's your unique thing you're bringing to the world. Now, not unique to the world, but unique to you and something that you, when you're doing it, your energy vibrates, you know, you thrill to it. It's like a tuning fork. When you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you hit a tuning fork in music, you get the perfect C and you go, oh, this is me, this is doing it for me. And when you're trying to do or be something that you're not, then um, it it always comes off a bit flat, Mm. right? So there's that sort of experiential piece. There's the directional piece. You're walking down a path and you're just sort of getting the vibe, this is not right for me. Don't sit still and try and find your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to have a crack at a few things. But certainly um, um, one of the ways we, we deal with the purpose question is to say, if someone was summing up your life in a few words, what would they say you were really all about? Wow. Right? So imagine imagine they were giving your eulogy at your funeral. Don't want to be morbid, but you know, <laughs> it's going to run out at some point. Yeah. And they had to sum you up in a couple of words and say, Taryn was really all about this. Yeah. Right? And you go, really? And they go, yeah. And they go, you're right. It's like, that's me. That's yeah. really what I'm, That makes sense of my whole life. Yeah. Your friends will probably know what it is if you only had thought to ask them. Yeah. How would you sum me up and my life thus far in a couple of words? Yeah. And that'll get you closer to much like if you asked the question, Leonardo da Vinci, we all know who Leonardo da Vinci was, right? Yeah. What would you say his purpose was um, in a couple of words, right? And yeah. Go, he was an artist and a designer, creator, inventor and so on. So you might say, well, Leonardo was all about, um, you know, uh, expressing. He was all about creating. He was all about, um, you know, designing. Mm. And if you said to Leonardo, "I'm going to take your paintbrushes and your chalk and your pencils away, yeah. and you can never do that again," Leonardo's probably going to say, "Well, you may as well kill me now, mate." because yeah, that's what I'm all that's about. My essence is that, and it's how I express it, right? So, you know, give me my pencils back, mm. right? I have to be this way. I c- that's how that's that's me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, getting to that simple verb to something, right? Um. Don't worry if you haven't got it, for goodness sake, yeah. right? That's a very high-level question. The purpose question is very much about self actualization The bottom of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, you know, food, shelter, water,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Get that sorted, safety, mm-hmm. security next. Then get some friends, That's social, family. Then self-esteem, that's the love bit. And once you've got all those four, then we can wonder about the lofty, you know, yeah. nature of why I'm here and what I'm uniquely bringing to the world. Yeah. It's helpful if you can do it um it's desirable but not essential.
0: Yeah. Right. So perfect. That's perfect. That was very well well explained. Thank you very much. Amazing.
1: All right, Terry. Thank you so yes. much. Yes.
0: Thank you so much for coming down. You're I welcome. really enjoyed hearing all of that. I feel like it's like squeezing gold out of, you know, something very very precious. So Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And yeah, we should have a round two. Roll on round two. I'm ready. (laughs) When
1: I'm back from Europe, we'll do it again. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, likewise. Um, Awesome. Thank you for coming down.
1: Thanks so much, Taryn.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Perth Business Podcast. If there's anyone that you specifically want to hear from or you think would be great on the podcast, send us a DM on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. Or you can email us at theperthbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next time.